0: This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Jen Heidinger-Kendrick, co-founder of The Giving Kitchen in Atlanta, Georgia. Since opening in 2013, The Giving Kitchen has become one of the most extraordinary and inspiring aid organizations in the country— Its origin story is critical to its mission, and its mission is now more vital than ever. We're back tomorrow with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Jen.
1: My late husband uh, was a chef here in town or actually originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and moved to Atlanta where he went to culinary school uh, back in 97, 98, um, the 19s. Uh, And we moved to Atlanta in late 2004 and progressed forward to January of 2009 when we started the supper club out of our home. Um, in, in hopes, uh, with a desire of op- opening up a restaurant of our own, uh, we called that prelude to Staple House and jumping ahead several years, um, we finally found a space that we could open up that restaurant and very suddenly and unexpectedly, a uh, cancer diagnosis hit. Um, it was December 21st of 2012, and Ryan was diagnosed with a terminal gallbladder cancer, and mm-hmm. doctors gave him six months. And it was really the the turn of kind of the you know our community really rallying behind us, um, his bosses, a lot of mentors, best friends, and family um, in our support uh, who ended up coming together, put on a benefit, a fundraiser to help raise some some funds for us during that that last year. Um, And that is really what ignited the inspiration uh, for Giving Kitchen, um, which ended up uh, forming in early 2013.
0: It's a remarkable idea right now when everybody is searching for aid, for hospitality workers in need. You guys have um, been doing this for almost a decade now. I mean, this comes out to about seven years. Um, What have you learned about providing aid to hospitality workers who need it over that time? Who, who needs it?
1: My goodness. Well, I mean, really everybody needs help, right? We all need a a lending hand and a shoulder. Um, but from an organizational perspective, We took a crisis, um, a community took a crisis, and turned it into something that could really help a lot more people. You know, what started out um, as a desire to help one individual, my late husband Ryan, uh, turned into the Giving Kitchen helping thousands of food service industry members, and that's throughout the entire state of Georgia. What's been really interesting for us is – and our organization and our growth uh, back in 2013 we really were just serving restaurant workers um, in times of crisis and, and that included an injury and illness um, a natural disaster the death of a family member um, and it, over the course of the years we've grown um, serving outside of metro Atlanta and now um, being able to serve the entire state of Georgia
0: so now COVID-19 hits. It's a, it's a crisis on an unprecedented scale for restaurant workers. You told me you're getting 20 times the inquiries you were getting before and that you've been able to um, give out $85,000 to 60 individuals in the last few weeks.
1: And that, funny enough, when we first spoke, uh, that was that was just a week ago, and that number has already risen to almost one hundred and forty thousand dollars, and that's specifically since the COVID nineteen pandemic hit georgia and uh, it hit georgia um and that's to you know almost 100 food service workers again spanning our state so even in just five business days that number has jumped pretty significantly um and you're right it, it you know we've seen since COVID 19 hit you know beginning of our march in our area uh, that 20 times uh, of flooding into the giving kitchen asking for help and and trying to be a resource um but it's four times the eligible members so food service affected directly by illness, injury, natural disaster, or death of a family
0: member. Who are you hearing from specifically? you know
1: we are hearing from all hospitality and food service um you know we do have to go through um, an application process an application process that we developed right at the very beginning Um, we do ask for documentation and employment verification we understand that you know at times like this specifically during covid that is a bit more challenging but um, in the day and age of things being online you know anything that can be sent to us that um, shows that verification um um, is, is good. It's warranted. Um, and even in the times that, you know, the very, this very first week when COVID hit, we were hearing pretty significantly and pretty immediately how these food service workers, uh, weren't even able to go to a doctor or a hospital. Um, and so we've put together a COVID-19 resource page through org through our website, which is actually just, um, an extension of something that we already do, which is called our stability network, um, providing those community resources uh, to food service individuals, you know, when, when they need more than just financial assistance. So from the COVID-19 perspective, um, we've seen over 53,000 page views uh, since this hit, which is gigantic for us. Um, and it's really anybody in that hospitality and food service industry, whether they qualify for financial assistance or not, we wanna be that resource that can showcase um, mental Mental health preparedness and stability or food stability or housing stability, uh, we can connect those individuals directly to those resources.
0: Let's talk about that because I know it's not only money that you guys are um, raising. You're, you have suicide prevention training programs. You have things that deal with real estate. You have things that deal with groceries. You feed people directly. Um, so take me through the various arms of, of your organization and the various kinds of help you guys provide.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love that you mentioned the the stability network. I think that is something that for our programming is actually seeing a, um, a larger reach than our financial assistance program. Um, we were really uh, you know fortunate last year to receive an honor from the James Beard Foundation for humanitarian of the year, uh, and it was actually on that stage that we presented uh, to the entire country that the Giving Kitchen would pay for QPR suicide prevention training for any restaurant um, and food service. Uh, employee in America, um, and that was a really significant um, uh, time for us because it really it brought um, some some recognition and attention on what uh, service to the food service community could look like from a he- mental health um, you know stability standpoint, um, and you know from from a financial assistance standpoint since our inception. Uh, we've been able to award over 3.4 million dollars in financial assistance, and with our stability network program and that financial assistance program, to over 4,000 members um, of our community throughout the entire state of Georgia. Um, and again, that's paying directly for rent or your or mortgage and and basic living expenses, utilities, et cetera.
0: I want to go a little bit deeper into the idea of suicide prevention training, because I think it's one thing to to call it out by name and say it, but I think giving a fuller picture of what that entails and who's using the services is, is perhaps even more valuable.
1: Yeah. So we've teamed up with the QPR Institute, that's Question, Persuade, and Refer, um, and have been able to partner with them from the capacity that... Um, If anybody goes through our website um, and takes that suicide prevention training, it's a 45 minute tutorial online, anybody can do it. Um, It really just prepares you to know to to really have courage, I think is is first and foremost, if you are seeing signs of someone um, in crisis in in that type of devastating mode, um, it's really just having the courage to ask them, are you considering hurting yourself? Um, and to have that type of courage, it's that type of training that allows um, our organization to to again be a helping hand to those who who really need it.
0: Has that number gone up since COVID nineteen started?
1: You know what? We have seen some really tragic stories. Um, there's there's some stories that we've heard recently um, of individuals who have who have taken their life um, within the last few weeks. It's devastating. Um, and that's not just food service that's that's anybody you know i've
0: i've heard sto- i've heard stories too i hear of a, of suicide every couple of days now and that's not something that happens um when there's not a pandemic ravaging the country i do think there's a huge mental health crisis um that is coupled with the virus
1: yeah yeah i i, I agree i think um you know it's really it's a part of our responsibility <clears throat> you know giving kitchens mission is obviously one I'm really, really passionate about. It stems from, you know, my own personal story, um, but coming together for our community, for our neighbors, for our friends, um, you know, globally, uh, we all have a responsibility to, to do that for each other. Um, and, and the QPR suicide prevention training is a really great opportunity to be able to share that um, at a broader, broader scale.
0: One more suicide prevention uh, training question. Why is that part of your platform in the first place?
1: You know, really early on, this actually happened within the first few weeks of Giving Kitchen forming. Um, We were receiving calls and emails from food service industry members um, who needed help and who needed that financial assistance. But they came to us and said, you know, while helpful, yes, I'm really struggling. I am sad all the time. Um, or the, you know, my general practitioner doctor isn't, uh, you know, is, is telling me that I have to go to a certain physician, but I don't, I can't, you know, I can't afford to go to this, um orthopedist or whatever it might be a specialized physician and so we started thinking well how else can we help them I mean the whole idea of wanting to help somebody isn't to to create this tiny little box and you know just help them this one time the idea of help and service is supposed to be expansive um it's it's you know the branches from a tree it's supposed to kind of you know lead you anywhere and so we we realized that um you know to help someone really required more than financial assistance it required you know a secondary resource uh so that's really how um it came out
0: how has the mission of the giving kitchen evolved from its initial concept and how has it surprised you
1: my goodness um you know i'm i'm really surprised i don't know I don't know if I'm surprised or if I'm just really inspired every single day. You know, we have a staff that started off in early 2014 with two individuals, um, and here we are, in, you know, in 2020 with 15 uh, staff members, a few of which are actually part time, just helping us out for the next few months to trying to get us through. Uh, you know, that that wide range of um, inquiries that we're receiving. Um, you know, and and early on, there was a story that that I share regularly. When Ryan, my late husband, was still alive, and we were in the f- formation concept concept of, of of forming Giving Kitchen, and really going through the ideas of like what is this organization and how can it help people. And I remember him saying, um, you know, in order to to provide big, it does mean that we have to start small. We have to we have to really create a foundation uh, that's worth growing. Um, and so that's really you know, there was no other organization that existed out there to help restaurant food service individuals in, the, in a time of crisis like Giving Kitchen. And so we started, you know, again, in Metro Atlanta with restaurant individuals and every year have been able to um, document our growth. Um, and we, you know, we're really committed to sharing, you know, clarity and purpose um, in every message that we can share. And I think uh, from that time frame to now is really why we've been able to grow in the way that we have.
0: Does every restaurant need to have its own version of the Giving Kitchen as part of its internal structure?
1: You know, we, Giving I will say Giving Kitchen really hopes to be a part of that kind of onboarding package. You know, you go in, you go to work, you, you, you supply your employer with a driver's license and a passport, and you have to take some, maybe some online training. Um, and you should also be aware that the Giving Kitchen is available for assistance, uh, whether you need it or not. I think, um, I also think, you know, it's a part of... Our social responsibility to to provide um, you know our employees with with the health and safety resources that they need. I would love to see if you know giving kitchen type opportunities existed. I mean, all over the globe, I think it'd be pretty amazing.
0: I mean, I think on, on top of creating an incredible organization that's helped hundreds and thousands of people by this point, you have also created a template for helping an entire industry that, you're right, can be a global thing. Like, um, you know, when you buy some fish and you see that it's sustainably caught or, or pole caught and, and it's helpful to a community or fair trade coffee or something like that, you know, that I, I would like to see that on menus
1: yeah totally and you know there's something interesting that we started about a year and a half ago which is called pop-up doc um, so we are bringing together um physicians and doctors and mental health providers, et cetera, um, in, a, in a space, um, so far it's been in Atlanta specifically, uh, where food service workers are able to sign up to get free medical advice, uh, see a physician right on, um, on site, see a dentist, things like that, they are able to fill prescriptions immediately. So these are for individuals who so frequently either don't have health insurance, um, or, or whatever the case may be, they're able to see a doctor immediately. And what's really special is that over the next 60 days, our programs team through Giving Kitchen has actually uh, um, has put some value to pop-up docs. So, We've hosted three pop-up docs in the last year and a half, um, and our goal is to be able to create this binder of information, this toolkit, if you will, for pop-up docs specifically that can be shared with other cities and regions and states um, across the United States. So giving a, a, a small version of Giving Kitchen, at least one of our resources that we're able to provide, to provide is, is available for any food service worker throughout the country. So that's it's all like- we're
0: it's like doctors without borders for the restaurant industry.
1: Yeah, doctors on demand the, the whole thing.
0: Yeah. That's really incredible. Tell me what's going on with the the Giving Soup Kitchen.
1: Yeah, so Staple House Restaurant is doing some incredible, really inspiring things right now. You know, we're all heartbroken, devastated and still reeling. Um, all of us are. I mean even myself, my my husband is in food service and and you know works part-time currently in food service and um you know, it's everywhere, but our brothers and sisters at Staple House, which is a restaurant that I, I helped co-found uh, back in um, prelude to Staple House at Days, and the restaurant opened in September of 2015, along with my former business partners. Uh, Kara Heidinger and Ryan Smith, uh, who are my in-laws. Since COVID-19 hit, they took a step back. And in order to protect their well-being for business and their staff, they ended up turning Staple House into a soup kitchen. So they're donating 50 to 100 meals seven days a week to anybody in the food service industry who's been impacted and really needs help with getting food. Uh, So instead of doing takeout or curbside pickup for Staple House specific, they are donating meals.
0: It's incredible. I mean, it's incredible just the fact that Staple House lived on. Um, yeah, it's I, also kind of incredible that through the tragedy of losing your husband, you've expanded your family a thousandfold.
1: Yeah, I I, I love that. I, I agree. I think, um, you know, what got me through that time when Ryan was still alive was him uh, he was an incredibly inspiring individual, chef, mentor, leader, uh, a very humble, good old Indiana boy is what I always like to say. And after he passed, um, you know, it, it took a lot to to find my inspiration again. Uh, but our community is really what kept me here. Um, and I, And I will literally I'll never forget. What they've done for me, they've supported me. Then they've supported me through this time, and and they're supporting Giving Kitchen today by helping the thousands of food service workers who who need our help. So, um, my inspiration has definitely turned into the good work of our team at Giving Kitchen and the industry that we love so much, that I love so much.
0: What are you learning about leadership through this pandemic?
1: Oh, wow, too. I've I've said this actually the last couple of years to always trust your trust your resources. Um, you know, I think it's a really valuable. A tool as a leader to realize that um, you really can't and shouldn't do anything on your own. You have got to trust your community. You've got to to lean on you know those individuals who ha- who are smarter than you. Um, and I also think that you know us as an organization really focusing on our clarity, our mission, and our purpose, and making sure that we stand by that is also a really great form of leadership. Um, you know, not biting off more than we can chew um, and really making sure that we can protect what we've built. Um, So it has the ability to stay um, as a resource long term. You know, the the story that we're telling right now, because it's true, is that, you know, think of the server, the, the bartender, the dishwasher, the cook that you love. They're in crisis today. But what happens when that dishwasher, that cook, the child who's sick in six months or next year, the Giving Kitchen is so vitally important to help them today, but it's also incredibly important that we're here to help them next year if they need it again.
0: Can you share some of the stories you've heard of of people newly in crisis because of COVID nineteen? I'd really like for people to understand what people are are going through.
1: You know, the examples are are far and wide and vast. We're looking at food service, so front lead bartenders and servers to dishwashers and chefs and cook cooks. Um, who are impacted by injury, illness, um, death of a family member or otherwise. And even in the last few weeks, we have seen so many individuals who are affected and, and, and some of them by mandatory quarantines by a doctor, um, um, but even more so truly by car accidents, by deaths of their siblings, grandparents, children, um, cancer diagnosis of a husband, um, of a sister, um, you know, injuries, uh, from, you know, a, a, a bike accident, um, things like that. These are, these are real stories. These are, um, traumatic brain injuries. Uh, I mean, these are happening in our community today, uh, yesterday, the day before, um, since COVID hit for Giving Kitchen and hit Georgia, Giving Kitchen has been able to award almost $150,000 to almost hundred individuals. Um, and again, the majority of these individuals um, may not be affected by, by COVID directly. A lot of them are. But the reality is, is that, you know, there's still everyday crises happening. Um, and we're here to protect that.
0: And it makes the everyday crises hey. feel even more. Hi. Come here. Come, come here. come here. Say hi to Jen, and then I'll give you your iPad. This is awesome. Hi, Jen. This is my four-year-old, Henry. Yeah, Hi, sweetheart. Up. How are you? Say hello. hello. Go play. Hello. <laughs> That's awesome. It is, it is awesome. It he, is awesome. He keeps it. I mean, it's the only way I can talk about brain injuries and viruses all day.
1: Yeah. I have three dogs literally right around me right now. <laughs> I'm like, We're make sure they're not coming into frame. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, the, you know, the everyday injuries are compounded and, and made worse. I mean, it's harder to get medical care. It's scarier to leave the house.
1: Yeah. You know, it's been really, really amazing too, is that, you know, the, as from a resource standpoint, I've got, um, I have a few friends who are doctors um, and a couple of them that I lean on very regularly. Um, and one of them is volunteering their time for our staff and the, you know, Giving Kitchen staff closest friends. And that's really amazing. So there are opportunities for for people to, to lend a hand in whatever capacity that they can. And um, I find that really special because it is, it's true that, you know, a lot of, I mean, it's hard for me to even get into our pediatrician right now because every, everything is, you know, so in this, this hole, in this box and um, j- just to have the ability to turn to somebody virtually or over the phone um, to get some help has been really, really amazing.
0: Jen, our show is called Takeaway Only. What's your big takeaway of leading your organization through this moment?
1: I would say, you know, my big takeaway right now is I personally am am looking for my motivation and my inspiration and digging a little bit harder and deeper uh, to find that every day. Um, You know, the individuals and teammates that work for Giving Kitchen are giving so selflessly, putting in so many hours, seven days a week. So many industries are doing that. Um, And my hope is that we are all truly taking a step back to to realize the things that are most important to us, our families, friends, our loved ones. I mean, I was even one of the people who hated FaceTime before now. And it's one of my favorite things to do now to be able to catch up with friends and family. Um, So just being able to take a step back, realizing um, our purpose and pursuing that with clarity, um, it's probably one of my biggest takeaways.
0: Jen, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for your time. And thank you for the extraordinary work at The Giving Kitchen.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate you and your time today.
0: That was Jen Heidinger-Kendrick. You can follow her on Instagram at Jen Heidinger-Kendrick. And you can learn more about The Giving Kitchen and donate at www.thegivingkitchen.org. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Free Time Media. Our logo is by Renaud Philippe at b Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.